Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Today is an awesome day to study the Torah. And I am so grateful to be sitting here to be able to talk to you guys and to talk to somebody who's in China or Saudi Arabia or Seoul, Korea. <clears throat> it's, it's really amazing when you look at, um, I'm one of the, the video guys to look at the, our stats to see where the people that you reach on the internet and we're truly a congregation without walls. So we, we reach all over the place, so it's, it's awesome. So, and honestly, we're just helping people to think. And for me to be able to sit here, at least for me personally, I treat this like an extension of my study time. Because as this morning I was up at 6.30, because I had a week. Y'all know what a week is? A week is like, man, I'm just ready to rest. And this morning I was able to get up and just rest in the Lord, 6.30. I just was able to get up and um, say my prayers, read my prayers, and just hear from him. And that's what I try to do before I get to, to share with anybody. Because I want my sharing to be just an outpouring of what God is already showing me. I don't want it to be something I'm just trying to make up. That's not good. I want it to be something where that I've, God has shown me so I can just share with you something that he's already shown me. That's, that's my mission in life, whenever I get to share. So let's pray. And then we're going to talk about Abraham and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to immerse ourselves in the words of the Torah. Amen. Amen. So as we begin to immerse ourselves, we allow, we allow the Lord to just minister to us. Anybody ever been, Daphne taught me to this years ago, you ever been to get your, uh, what do you call it? To get your, get your feet done. What do you call that place where you get your feet done at? Your pedicure. Pedicure, thank you. you she, she talked me into going to get one of those pedicures. And, and at this place, you get other, you, they'll do like a massage and other stuff. They have like incense and aromatherapy, all this stuff going on in there. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, actually, I enjoyed it. So I fought it like the plague, but I, I went and I enjoyed it. It was actually fun. Um, but treat when you come to, anytime you get in his presence that way. Because when you're in his presence... He's going to give you a pedicure. Anyway, but you get the point. He's going, to give, he's going to change your world. And that's how we should treat it when we come into his presence. Because God wants us to come before him and just lay before him. Even though we're not laying, we should have that type of laying attitude. The scripture talks about, I'm getting ahead of myself. I do that a lot. But when Abraham went to <clears throat> offer his son Isaac up, the scripture said that Abraham went to worship God. And the word worship is shachah. That's the Hebrew word for worship. And the Hebrew word for worship means to lay yourself down, prostrate. Well, Abraham wasn't laying himself down. He was going to offer up his son. But you got to remember what Abraham did is that he offered Isaac early in the morning. See, God told him to do something. He didn't think about it. He just did it because God told him to do it. And see, that's the attitude we need to have when we come in here for worship. It's like, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Because I know it's going to change my life. It's like your spiritual pedicure. 
anyway, I don't know how that came out. But you just want to come in and just allow him to minister. And, and we have to allow him to do that. Because if we don't open up ourselves, it's like talking to a wall. Trust me, I do this a lot. I teach high school, so I do this a lot with some students. I'm talking, I'm explaining things. It's like I'm doing this. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, I got it. I understand every word you're saying. They're not listening to nothing. Okay? They're just looking at me. But when you humble yourself and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, then it'll change your world. That's what Mary did. Mary said, whatever he says to do, do it. See, the problem is, is this thing gets in the way. You know what this thing is? Our brain. Because we start to, and sometimes we can be so intelligent that we can miss God. And that's just the truth, because we overthink things. Because God is speaking to you and say, hey, do this. You go, no, I can't be that simple. No, that's probably not really God. Because we're three-part being, and I'm not even getting to my notes yet. I'm all off, but it's good. Um, we're three-part being. We're spirit beings. We live in a body, and we possess a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your intellect. Think about that. What does your mind do? We develop our mind by education, going to school, we learn things. But your will is your, your decision maker. And your intellect, again, some of us have, if you want to describe the intellect of being here, some of us are here. But sometimes your intellect can be so, you think, we think we're so intellectual that we miss God. And people do this all the time. And I see this all the time with students, because sometimes they want to hear you, but they think they're so intelligent that what you're saying is foolish. You know what I'm talking about? This happens all the time. And, but the thing is, that's why it's so important when we come into a place to, to worship God, we got to let aside all of that and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. So you got to take yourself out of the picture just move yourself out as much as you can so you can hear from God today. Amen? All right. I have a few things I want to talk about. And the title of this is really about you finding your true self. Because if you go all the way back to Genesis, when, you know, in the Garden of Eden, uh, one of my favorite questions, I'm going to read Genesis 3.11. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I command you? not to eat. He said, who told you you were naked? That's one of my favorite questions in the scripture. And I'm saying that because who told you you were this thing? If we didn't get it from God, most likely it's probably a lie. And in our lives, we get to figure things out. And I think sometimes in, in Christian worlds, in messianic worlds, we make things very, we try to make things very simple like life is very simple, and all you got to do is follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus, follow Yeshua, and life's going to be great. It's not that simple. It's just not. We got to figure life out. Life is complicated. You got to figure things out one day at a time. We were just talking about um, seeing things from a three-year-old perspective. When you're three, maybe you may think, oh, it's easy. All a three-year-old has to do. No, a three-year-old might be really confused about life because they don't know what's going on. And that's why when you see, we got to figure out things in our own way. I am a constructivist at heart. You know what a constructivist is? As we, as we reflect on our experiences, we construct our own understanding of the world we live in. All of us do that. 
That's just the way it is. And again, sometimes we try to make it simple, but it's not. We get to walk through life one day at a time to figure it out. None of, none of us has it. And if you think you have it, you're really confused because you don't know you don't have it. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay? Anyway, that's just the way it is. All right. Don't compare yourself with anyone. Be, f be free from people so you can be free to people. That's big. See, if you're sometimes, we're so bound up trying to impress somebody who sometimes could care less of what you're thinking anyway that we're, we're not going to hear from God because really what you're saying is really just out of you trying to impress everybody else. I love y'all. Y'all are cool and all, but my mission is not to really care what you think about me. I'm just being honest because if I care so much about what you think about me, I'm going to be bound, and I don't want to be bound by nobody. I want to just follow God, and as God shows me things, then I'm going to, and this is we're going to get to Abraham. I believe this is how Abraham was. We're going to read a story. Anybody, y'all remember the, um, the, the, idol, the idol shop story with Abraham? Some of y'all remember that? I love it because Abraham, he, was the, he is the father of, of our faith, but I believe the reason he's the father of our faith because he was a thinker. He thought outside the box. During his time, there was a lot of idol worship. There's a lot of idol worship now in our day as well. It's just not labeled the way it was at that moment. But he thought outside of his world. And he saw things even before God was speaking to him. And I believe this is why God used Abraham. He saw these things logically. He was like, why are we worshiping these idols? You're, I'm getting ahead of my story, but he's saying, you know what, you're 50 years old, and you're worshiping an idol that I just made yesterday. What's the problem with this? Well, we think, obviously, that's weird, but during his time, this was normal for them. That was their day. So let me read the story. We'll start here. It says, Abraham cast into, and this week's Torah portion is Lech Lecha. Lech, Lech Lecha? Am I saying that right? Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha. You gotta have that. <laughs> but this, the story is all about Abraham. It's really mostly about Abraham. It's about his, his life and his test of faith. And all of us have a test. Life is nothing but a test and a trust. Every moment you're tested. Y'all are tested now how much you can listen and pay attention. Don't fall asleep. Anyway, I'm just done. Don't fail the test, okay? Don't. Anyway. But it's okay. That's, life is a test and a trust. And it's really personal. I mean, you can fall asleep and fall out. It's all on you. You know, you might hurt my feelings a little bit. I'll get over it. But the point is, life is a test. You're testing yourself between you and God. And if you see that, you almost, you don't want to ignore people, but it's really between you and him. As you better yourself and get better, people are going to see that. They're going to they're gonna benefit from that. But really, it's between you and him. And that's just the way it is. Anyway, get to the story. It says, Terah. Terah was an idol manufacturer. Terah was Abraham's father. This was Daddy Terah. Terah was an idol manufacturer who once went away and left Abraham in charge of the store. A man walked in and wished to buy an idol. An idol was nothing but a statue, like a little doll or something. I don't know. Anyway, Abraham asked him how old he was, and the man responded, 50 years old. Abraham then said, you are 50 years old, and you would worship a day-old statue? At this point, the man left ashamed. Well, he should have left ashamed. Anyway, let me keep going. 
Later, a woman walked into the store and wanted to make an offering to the idols. So Abraham took a stick, smashed the idols, and placed the stick in the hand of the largest idol. When Terah returned, he asked Abraham what happened to all the idols. Abraham told him that a woman came in to make an offering to the idols. The idols argued about which one should eat the offering first. Then the largest idol took the stick and smashed all the other idols. Great story, huh? Sounds like something from a teenager. Sounds like something from a smart aleck little teenager, huh? Just think about it. That's the way, because teenagers think, I'm just blaming teenagers. Adults are smart aleck too. All right, back to the story. Terror, the idols argued about, uh, all right, Terra responded by saying that they are only statues and have no knowledge. That's what his dad said. Whereupon Abraham responded by saying that you deny their knowledge, yet you worship them. At this point, Terra took Abraham to Nimrod because Terra was like, my son is beside himself. Nimrod proclaims to Abraham that we should worship fire. Abraham responds that water puts out fire. So Nimrod, declare, Nimrod declares they worship, they worship water. Abraham responds that clouds hold water. So Nimrod declares they worship clouds. Abraham responds that wind pushes clouds. So Nimrod declares they worship wind. Abraham responds that people withstand wind. He got an answer for everything. Nimrod becomes angry with Abraham and declares that Abraham shall be cast into the fire. And if Abraham is correct that there is a real God, then that God will save him. Abraham is cast into the fire and is saved by God. Abraham's brother Haran sees what happened and says that he believes in the God of Abraham. Haran is thrown into the fire and is not saved by God. Hence the verse, Genesis 11:28. And Haran died in the presence of his father, Terah, in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. And have something else. All right. There are several different ways in which this Midrash has been discussed. This Midrash can be interpreted as an example of persecution against those of monotheistic beliefs during a time when polytheism um, dominated. The Midrash has also been discussed in the context of complete unquestioned faith. This comes from the idea that Abraham did not need proof of God before being cast into the fire, which is why God saved him. On the other hand, Haran needed to see that Abraham would be saved by God before believing, and because of this, Haran was not saved from the fire by God. And this is a scripture in Isaiah 44, 9. All who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do, profit, do not profit. Their witnesses neither see nor know that they may be put to shame. And it's a good story. It's not directly from the scripture. It's a midrash. But I think what it does for me, is it true? Is it not true? I don't know. But it does, some things connect with the scripture. And I think the big deal about this is Abraham was a thinker. That's the whole point of the midrash. Abraham was a thinker. He didn't just accept the things that go on around him. He looked at the situation. He made a situation, an individual situation, of, an individual decision on his own. That's the whole point. And that's what we need to do. Don't just take somebody's word on it because they said it. Don't just say, you know what? Because, and think about this as well. None of us choose or chose where you were born. Right? 
I like to think, where did you arrive as a consequence of your birth? Some of us, I arrived in Brooklyn, New York. That was my arrival place. Anybody else from New York? Go New York. Hey, hey. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to do a little chair in there. But, but we all arrived in different places, right? We didn't choose our parents. So I believe God placed us in different places in the world, and we get to figure it out. You know, should we just follow exactly what our parents are teaching? Well, when you're young, I don't want to just, you need to follow when you're young, okay? When you're, all the teenagers, follow your parents, okay? Listen to them. I don't want you to think that when I'm saying this, but we need to, you need to think about things when you make a decision. It's kind of like my, my children are 12. I have, I have twins. Um, that's two. Anyway, I have 12-year-olds, two boys, and I have adult children. Uh, my daughter is 28, Jordan's 28, Matthew is 24, and, <clears throat> and always, my challenge is always, I want them to think for themselves. If I tell you to do something, my goal is for you to want to do it eventually. Does that make sense? Because if you, if you just do it because I'm making you do it, really you ain't even doing it. You're just doing it because I told you to do it. See, the goal is for you to do things because you know it's the right thing to do. Period. And see, that's what Abraham was doing. Abraham did not accept that his father said, go worship this idol. Abraham said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. See, that's who God is looking for. God is looking for people who do, we do not accept the status quo. I want to follow God the way God wants me to follow him. Period. Just because everybody else is celebrating Christmas, okay, that's great. I think there's a lot of issues with that. Everybody, I say everybody because everybody's not, because we're not. I say we, a lot of us. You know, uh, you, if y'all remember a few weeks ago, the, the um, what was the holiday? Sukkot. And I took my boys on, I took Caleb and Aaron on a Sukkot drive. And I just did that because I, I want to make sure they see that there are a lot of other people who are celebrating, not just at our congregation, but there's people all over the place that are celebrating Sukkot. And there are people who have the, the, um, the booths, the, what do you call them? I forgot the name of them. The sukkahs. They have sukkahs all over the place. We went to a neighborhood. But when we first started driving around, I got a little depressed at first. Because you know what I was seeing at first all over the place? Halloween. I saw Halloween stuff. We were like, okay, here's another one. Another neighborhood, Halloween, great. But, but the point is, it doesn't matter. I don't care if we're the only one on this planet serving God, and we're not. You need to have that attitude. What if you're the only one that was serving God and you had to get the message out? How well are we doing? Think about that. And I think if you have that perception, I'm not really caring about what other people are doing. I mean, I want you to serve God too, okay? I want everyone to do this. This is great. But if not, I'm going to do this regardless because my mind is made up, just like Abraham was. It said when Abraham went to offer up his son, it said he went early in the morning, early. And the angel had to call out not once but twice. He said, Abraham, Abraham. He had to call out twice. See, sometimes we're so quick to give up on things. We need to not be quick to give up. We need to be quick to, to do it because we're just so quick to like, I ain't going to do this. No, if you believe God has called you to do something, you need to do it with everything you got and just keep going. Until you know, he said, you need a burning bush, somebody to come out of whatever, to tell you not to do it. And that's who God is looking for. God's looking for people who will serve him. 
And to serve him means I'm going to follow him and do what he tells me to do. It's just, again, we make it so simple. But it's huge because it's about changing your entire life. See, okay, I'm going back to another story. i got a lot of stories. But when I first decided when I was a teenager to make my decision to follow the Lord, I kind of followed God. Y'all know what I mean by kind of follow God? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I went to church, great, but I still hung out with my friends and did things I knew I shouldn't do. I still was drinking alcohol that I shouldn't have been drinking. I still was, anyway, I met my queen during this period, during my life of issues. Say so she, you know, she married this heathen guy up here. But you know what? God changed me. But it was one step at a time. And another, I'll give you another instance. When I, when I finally made a decision to get rid of my music, because I used to listen to a lot of, just to be honest, trash music, okay? That's just the way it is. Anybody heard of NWA? If you heard them, you used to listen to them too, yeah. Just messing with you, all right. Some of y'all still listen to NWA. Y'all don't know, some of y'all haven't heard of NWA. I will not tell you what those, that phrase means, okay? That's good. It means something that's not good. It's some, somebody with an attitude. Okay, anyway. All right. I used to listen, again, I used to listen to a lot of music, harsh music, bad music, a lot of stuff. I'm not even going to go all my testimony. We ain't got time for that because we're going to need like another hour. Okay? The point is, when I finally made a decision to give all that up, I remember the moment. And I said, you know what? I got to get rid of this because I am following God. And this right here is going to take me, in, is taking me in a path that I don't need. And that was back when we had CDs and cassettes. That was, some of y'all, some of y'all, y'all don't even know, y'all know what a cassette is? A little square rectangle thing, you know, you put it in, play music, hit play, tape, yes, used to get tangled up sometimes, you know, taking some of us back. But I had a collection, and at that time, I could have took my collection and I could have sold it. I could have sold it and I could have made some money. But my conviction was, I'm not giving that trash to anybody else. And it was personal. I had to go, and I, had, and I did the same thing with my alcohol. That was hard. I, I literally was crying. I'm not even joking. I was almost, because I had like, I just, anyway, I had some issues. I had my, I had my gin, because I had my little, anyway, I had a lot of alcohol, okay? I had some issues, all right? I had my eight ball. I used to drink a lot of, y'all remember the movie Friday? You remember they used to walk around with the, um, the eight ball, you know what I'm saying? That was my era. That's, we just, it was my thing. We loved it. I got pictures at home. We were looking at just the other, like, wow, that's a shame. That is a shame. God has brought us a long way, okay? But my point is, when I made a decision to follow God, I had to get rid of it. I went out. I, I trashed it. It, it, was, it was hard for me. It was. I went and threw it in the garbage. I threw all of it. just trashed it. And I went, and I just went the other direction. I said, you know what? I was 100% following the world. So guess what? I'm going to be 100% following God. You know? And I, and I just believe that's, I believe that's what Abraham did. Abraham was doing, but he needed to, it has to be personal. That's why he's the father of our faith. And we need to emulate that and follow him. Amen? The scripture says, oh, I want to talk about a little reasoning. Um, there's three types of, two types, there's several types of reasoning. Um, there's one type of reasoning, which is inductive reasoning. Inductive reasoning and simply means I'm looking at examples and I come to a conclusion. Okay? Deductive reasoning means I tell you this is the way it is and then you come to a conclusion. 
See, life is really about probably more inductive reasoning because you see things and you make a decision. You see things, you make a decision. And we're going to do this for the rest of our lives. And it's not just because somebody told you. It's because you, it came to yourself, you owned it, and now it's yours. And, and Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. See, I don't even need to go. You could just look up at the stars and know that there is a God. Just go outside and hang outside for a minute and watch the sun rise in the east and watch it set. Just, just do that for a day, and you can understand that there's a God. There's a, there's a book out, it says, um, I, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Because you've got to have a lot of faith to believe that all this came into being out of some whatever in the world that I hear a lot of scientists talking about. As, as Rabbi says, God said, bang, and here we go. And you know what? You can see that the evidence is really consistent with the scripture. It just depends on your perspective on how you see it. And we're not even going to go there today because we just don't have time. But it is very consistent with the scripture. And the point is, there's so much evidence about God. And see, when you're confronted with this truth, what are you going to do with the truth? Are you going to take it and act like it ain't nothing? Or are you going to follow God? See, some of us, when confronted from, with truth, I'm thinking of a quote, I don't have it, but someone confronted with truth, we just walk off like nothing happened. Oh, I see the truth, and we act like we didn't see it. Like, give y'all an example. This morning, um, I was, as I, I was talking about when we first started, I treat coming in like this is an extension of my worship and prayer time. At least that's what I try to do. Because I should be, we should always have an ongoing conversation with our Savior, with our Messiah. That's all. And when we get to talk to somebody else, I'm sharing with you what I would be sharing with what the Lord has been sharing with me. So it should be nothing new. I'm not trying to make up something. I got to give you me. If not, I got to stop doing this. I ain't got time. I'll sit down there and listen with you. So the point is you need to teach out of what God is speaking to you. Anyway, back to what I was saying. This morning, I noticed I was just praying, and I opened up the door, and behind the door, the hinge was a little off. Two of the screws were kind of out of the hinge. I never noticed that. I just didn't pay attention. It was just out. I could have just kept on praying and act like I didn't see it. I don't see no hinges. But guess what? If I just do that, what do you think eventually is going to happen? My door probably fall off. And whose fault is it going to be? It's going to be mine because I saw it. See, that's what it is with truth. It's the same way. We see the truth. God wants you to lay your life down and follow him. I see that. But some of us go, I don't see nothing. I'm, I'm just going to go, I'm going to work. I ain't got time for that. I'm getting ready to go play basketball. I'm, where's Antonio? I just feel like picking on him. Anyway. I'm going to do something else, even though God, I know God is speaking to me. See, when you hear God's voice and you ignore it, you're developing something in yourself, which is, which is horrible. That's why when you hear God's voice, you need to respond immediately. When you know God is showing you something, you need to do it. Because if you don't do it, eventually you're going to get, what you're doing, you're getting numb. It's not that God's stopped, he's not stopping speaking to you. I believe God is talking to us all the time. But we just got to hear. But we can make ourselves numb. Because like, I ain't hearing him. I didn't hear him again. Because just like you just got to, it's like you're blank. You ever talk to somebody and you're not talking to them? Okay, I do this all the time. I tell you in high school, just I do it. 
I'm looking at them, and they're looking at me, and they're not even knowing the world what I'm saying. You know, so I'm always thinking, because sometimes I, I call it selective listening and speaking. It's like I got to speak to their spirit. I might be weird that way, but I don't care. I, I got to speak past what they're saying. Because sometimes I have kids that are cussing at me, but I got to see behind that, literally. Because I know maybe on their way to school, their parent just cussed them out. And so really they're cussing at me because they're, they're cussing at their parent through me. Because it ain't me. It ain't personal. I can't take it personal. I can, but when you do that, we miss out on an opportunity to probably to help that other person. Because what happened, you get your ego into it. It's like, you're not going to talk to me this way. I'm going to blank, bleep, 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 bleep. You jump in there and start cussing with them. Nah, that doesn't help. We have to be spiritually aware enough in ourselves to know. Sometimes when people are coming at us in anger, you just got to know to see beyond that. You may, need to, you may be in a place that you need to pray for them. You may need to get away from it at the moment. That's okay. But you got to assess the situation and just be clear on that. Amen? All right. As we reflect on our experiences, I already read that, I believe we see life in three different perspectives. Y'all remember the SS Minnow? What's the SS Minnow? Gilligan Island. Get right back to the Let's start it from the tropic point. Is that good? Okay, anyway, all right. Okay. Upon this tiny. See, y'all knew it. You knew it. You just didn't want to anyway. I'm just... So, what would be the SS Minnow mindset? Great question. They didn't ask to be there. Did they ask to be there? No, they want this tour. We're going to go on the tour. We're going home. They're just there because I got to be there. See, this is how some of us see the world. Get that. You didn't ask to be here. I got to be here, so I got to figure this out because I'm here. You made me be here, guys, so I got to do this. So I got I to gotta figure this thing out. Some of us have an SS mental mindset about life, which I don't think is good. At least it's better than this other one I'm going to talk about. Some of us have a Titanic mindset. What happened on the Titanic? Everybody knows. It went down, right? Oh, no, life is bad. It's almost over now. It's, everything is going down. I'm just waiting to get to heaven. So, how, do y'all know people have that mindset, right? All the time. I think the mindset we should have is a Mayflower mindset. We know what the Mayflower was, right? Mayflower, you're exploring new worlds. See, if you have an exploring new worlds mindset, everything is a learning opportunity. The world is my resource. I truly believe that. I am here to learn from you, and you are to learn from me. And if we see the world that way, it, to me, it helps you not to get so stressed. Because, you know, sometimes we try to make people do things with our anger and our frustration. And a lot of times we're just making ourselves upset. And Anyway, but you should learn from people and help people. That's just the way it is. I want to help you to move you along. That's my goal. We talked about soul, body, and spirit. People with, I want to talk about growth mindset. People with a growth mindset have an underlying belief that their learning and intelligence can grow with time and experience. According to Dweck, she's a researcher, did a lot of reading on her. Um, when an individual has a fixed mindset, they believe that their basic abilities, intelligence, and talents are fixed traits. So some people believe that, you know what? I know I can always develop and grow. Some people, and you don't, people don't say it, 
You're not going to say I got a fixed mindset, but you say it by not developing yourself. You say it by not, because sometimes you don't say things by, because nobody's going to come out and say, I have a fixed mindset. I'm just stuck on, I'm just going to be the way I am. But if you're not trying to better yourself, you're not trying to improve yourself, if you're not trying to challenge yourself, you have a fixed mindset because you believe you're just stuck in one place. Myself, pers I, I try to challenge myself. Give you all an example. I've been teaching math since 99. I'm going to college right now taking college geometry. And some people go, why are you doing that? What's wrong with you? Do you like torture? I'm doing this to challenge myself. It's, it's, trust me, it's hard. I failed a quiz like three weeks ago, like failed it with flying colors. Yep, and I'm okay with that. But you know what, after I failed it, we figured out, well, the teacher, almost everybody in the course failed it. So, so she opened it back up and allowed us to go back and do it again. So I did better. That's because she did. Anyway, that's not the point. My point is, is that we should always challenge ourselves to be better in whatever area. If it's in school, if it's in your job, whatever your career is, because you want to be better. Because if not, we're just trying to, we're doing the same thing every day, and that's boring. What kind of life? Anyway, you should always push yourself to be better. That's why when I go to school, I've been teaching, like I said, for a while. To me, it's a challenge every day to try to figure out to get them to learn something that I already think I know. That's a challenge every time. And if we see things from another, it's like you got to see things from a different perspective. All right. Life is a test and a trust. I think I said that. And I want to get to my slides. Born to think for yourself. I believe that. You're born to think for yourself. And as you think for yourself, hopefully you will choose God. Because I believe the evidence is overwhelming. It is. It's overwhelming to choose God. And most, I say most, a lot choose God. But some don't. Are there some people who are going to go all their lives and not choose God? Yes. That's just the way it is. The scripture is very clear. The poor you will have with you always. That means some people are not going to make a decision to do certain things. That's just the way it is. The scripture says he is seeking those who will follow him. So if he's seeking those who will follow them, there's going to be some who are not. So don't be so surprised when people don't follow him. Don't be so surprised when you hear in the news and people do dumb things. Right? When somebody shot up this person over here and they did, I'm not surprised because that's what sin does. When you live a life that's contrary to God, it leads you in a direction that's completely kind. So I'm not surprised when I hear crazy things like that. When I see it in the school system, it happens all the time. And not just, it happens everywhere. So don't be so surprised. That's sin. It's bad. But that's why we do what we do so we can encourage people to follow God, because that's our mission in life. And we talked about this earlier. All right, Genesis 18, 19. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which hath spoken of him. See, Again, this is another reason why God chose Abraham, and this is why God is going to choose us. See, God wants us to move away from our, whatever our, our experience were at one time, and learn from him. That's the goal. What do you do with the truth? I don't know. That's personal, right? I like this one. I didn't know I was me. 
What does that mean? I'm not crazy. Maybe I am. I didn't know I was me. I think, again, we discover who we are every day. And we get a little better. Sometimes, you ever did something that was out of your character and you looked outside of you and say, why did I do that? You ever do that? Yeah, it happens. You go, that was not, why did I say that? Because sometimes I think we, we think we know ourselves, but we don't know ourselves as much as we know. I think, not think I know, because there's a lot of studies that they've done on this. If people are put in certain situations, that they act completely out of their character. I can give you a very simple situation. Just let us all not eat for a day. Guess what? A lot of us are going to act out of our character. As Daphne always said, you are not yourself when you're hungry. And that's true, right? I'm not myself when I'm working out. I'm just being honest. Sometimes I'm exercising and somebody coming to talk to me. I'm like, get away from me. And like, why not? Because I'm just, it's like I'm in a zone. Like, leave me alone. I'm focused because it's not my character. And that's why we have to, it's like we're learning who we are. And only, the only way to do that, I say the best way to do that, is to allow God to fix our character. Because our character, just to be honest, we're messed up people. Some people don't want to admit that, but all of us have issues. We got issues all over the place. And then my goal today is to, and next week is I have some different ways that we can kind of pinpoint in ourselves how we can allow God to help us. Because that's the whole point. We just want God to help us to be better. And I want to be better so I can help somebody else. And this is hard for me to see there. My eyes are not that good. Can y'all read that? Okay, my eyes are great. Thank you very much. You're right. I retract that statement. Okay, three stories told in Luke 15. A lost sheep. A man had a hundred sheep and, was, and one was lost. He was lost through his own stupidity. The scripture is indicating that, and we will read, read Luke 15, but because of time we won't. Um, the scripture is indicating that you are that lost sheep. The shepherd goes after that lost sheep. So in the scripture it talks about um, a particular lost sheep. But we're the lost sheep. Because we're lost. Some of us just don't admit it, but we're, we're lost. Before we found the Lord. Another story in Luke 15 is a woman lost a coin. You can be careless about your spiritual condition and lose your soul. Do you believe that? Yeah, I believe that. And the end part, it says they gathered and rejoiced. So the first one was because of stupidity. Just because of their ignorance. That's the lost sheep. Because he did things that were just dumb. And we do that. And we just went in the wrong direction. But at the end it said they gathered and rejoiced. The, the other one. I guess I can't count. I put one, one, two. Y'all see that? Okay, I can count. Okay, I'm working on it. I'm working on one, one. That's a new way of counting. That was binary counting. You see, it wasn't. I have issues. All right. See, y'all didn't even notice that, did you? See, that was a test. See, it was a, it was a, Jen noticed it. She, okay, all right, sorry. Okay, so a woman lost a coin, 
Um, you can be careless about your spiritual condition and lose your soul. And this, the third one, that should be a three, uh, a lost son or a loving father. You know the prodigal son story? We all know that. That's why I put a lost son or a loving father. It depends on how you want to look at it. I love the loving father part of it because think about that dad. The dad just loved on him when he came back. He didn't go, son, why you didn't do? No. The son was there. The dad was there waiting with open arms like, I'm just glad you're home. You know, and I believe that's how God treats us. God loves us so much if it's because of our stupidity, if it's because of our carelessness, whatever the reason is, God simply wants all of us to come home, period. And I believe that's how it is. When we, when we get a relationship with the Lord, it's like I'm home. It's, I'm home with him. It's like I'm getting that spiritual pedicure we talked about earlier. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about when I say that. Anyway, but it's like, you're, it's like you're coming and walking with God. And as you get closer to him, he's just changing you. He's just moving you in a direction that you need to go. And it, it's, it's a crazy management thing. Imagine if you had to manage all the people in the world and all of our issues. Just think about that. No. Okay. Just, it's crazy just to think about that. I just think about Rabbi's job of managing the, the, the sheep um, here at Congregation Beth Adonai because a lot of us have issues. You know, that's just the way it is. But God manages all this. And he loves each one of us. He knows all your issues, even the ones that you don't want to talk about. Those deep down ones. And God wants to love on you. We just need to give our lives to him. The prophet Jeremiah gives us a clue. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I can't tell you how much I love this scripture. Jeremiah 1.5. Think about that. He said, before I formed you in the womb, before you existed, before you were a nothing, he said, I knew you. I said, I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean that God really had a relationship with us before we were even born? Messes up my brain thinking about it. Maybe he did. That's, why, that's, that's the true meaning of coming home. That's why I say when you come home, you're truly coming home to God. Maybe you really had a relationship with God before you were even born. I don't know. Maybe this is going to be my top number one question when I get to heaven. God, I need to. And then my second one is going to be I want to talk to Adam. Like, Adam, what's up, man? How'd you? Come on. Oh, all you had to do was listen. Why y'all do that? I want to give him the face and everything, you know. Adam. And he's going to give me the face back too. Like, Terry, you remember? Yeah, you're right. I'm just going to put my head down and just go the other way, you know. Because all of us have issues. We can't blame Adam. Because you, ever, you know the saying, when you point some, at somebody, how many fingers you got pointed back at you? Four. A three or four. Well, y'all see, I can't count, so. <laughs> so maybe it is three or four. I don't know. But amen. I love this. And let me, and I moved the wrong one. Okay, Judges 6. Judges 6, 11 through 15. says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Everzite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Now think about that statement. It says he was threshing wheat in a wine press. Are you supposed to thresh wheat in a wine press? Nope. No, okay, he was having some issues, okay, and not even going in the background, so he was doing something in a place he probably shouldn't have been doing it. That's all we need, at least that's my focus to concern with, okay, and a lot of us do that as well. 
we're doing something. You ever been someplace, you know you weren't supposed to be there, but you were there anyway. So maybe you were in the drive-thru at McDonald's and you knew you weren't supposed to be there. I just had to go there, okay? Had to go there with the food. I'm guilty too. All right. To keep it from the Midianites, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Think about it. He's doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Maybe he's feeling depressed. And the angel comes to him and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, who are you talking to? You talking to me? You talking to somebody else because this is not a mighty warrior. See, this is what God is doing with us. God is saying, you mighty warrior, what are you doing? You need to be following me. You need to be walking with me. You need to be telling people about the Messiah everywhere you go. When you wake up, you need to be excited about telling people about the Messiah. You need to be worse. You get the point, right? That's what God is telling all of us. Let me keep going. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? See, he, now he's arguing. Like, if all this, think about us. Lord, if you're with me, why am I driving this ugly car? Lord, if you're with me, why do I have all these financial issues? Lord, if you're with me, you fill in the blank, right? Can we do that all day? Yes, we can do that. So we're no different than Gideon. We're no different. Let's keep going. Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. See, he's just given his case. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Love that. That means he didn't have to go make nothing up. He said, go in whatever you know that you have, go in that strength. See, God is not calling us to be anything different than who we are. God wants you. God wants to hear your voice. Every, and that's why I said, it, what a management thing. Because all of us are so unique. We have a special something that we, that we can add to the picture. The way you say things, the way you laugh. Some of y'all are really loud. Some of y'all are really, everybody looked at Kim when we said that. See? <laughs> Kim, you felt guilty, huh? <laughs> but you know what? But that's beautiful. Some, are, some, people are loud, some people are quiet. Some people don't say much. Some people are like, you can't hear. But they're, they're saying it in their way. Everybody is very unique, and God wants to use all of our unique gifts and talents for him. I see so many people, y'all see it all the time, um, people who are gifted in maybe singing. That's an easy one to, to think of. And they, their singing started in the church, and then they took their singing to the world, and they went in the other direction. Y'all thinking of people right now, aren't you? Yes. That happens all the time. All the time. See, God gives us gifts. But he doesn't give us gifts to use it for the world. He gave us these gifts to use it for him. And see, we figure out what those gifts and talents are. We need to just humble ourselves. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want to take me with this? And God's going to multiply that gift. And I see, I see this all the time. I see in the high school. I see talented basketball players. I mean, they're better than everybody on the team. I'm not even joking. But you know what? They can't humble themselves and listen to the coach. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to play street ball somewhere, and nobody's going to know who they are. How many times do I see that? A lot. I mean, they're good. They, just, they make the basketball team like they look like they don't know how to play. I'm like, dude, just shut up. 
and listen. But some people, for whatever reason, because of their character, because of upbringing, they don't want to humble themselves and learn from somebody else. It's a tragedy, but it happens all the time. But it's not just basketball. It's us, too. It's the same thing. What's your gift that you don't want to humble and give to God? Because you think you got it and you all that in the bag of chips. Right? Because all of us are that way. That's just the way it is. But we have to do our due diligence to humble ourselves. And when you see it, the only person can call it out is you. If somebody else calls it out, it might help you. Daphne calls it out of me all the time. That's, that's my, Daphne's my wife. So she, she calls it out of me, all, and I love it because I want her to, because I ask her to. Please call it out in me because I know I need help. When you see these things, you just need to just humble yourself and move on. If not, we're going to be stuck. And that's really small. Sorry. Until you surrender your life to the Lord, things will not go right with you. Will the real you stand up? That's the message. The angel came to Gideon to tell him who he really was. You are in conflict with what you have always known and what is being revealed to you. Come to yourself. Don't expect too much from me because I like this excuse. Because my mother didn't raise me that way. So that's just the way it is. How many of y'all hear that? We hear that. How many of y'all say that? I say hear that. Yep. I didn't have a father, so that's why that's just the way it's going to be. I'm too short. I'm too tall. My father molested me. That's tough. I mean, trust me, that's tough. You hear, I hear testimonies. You hear testimonies of people who were tortured. by. Like I said, you don't choose your parents. You do not choose your parents. You do not choose where you show up in this world. But after you figure it out, then it's, then it's on you to figure it out. You know? Life happens to all of us. That's just the way it is. It's not bad. It's just reality. And just lost my place. We build up this story to support who we think we are. It's like we, we become our own lawyer. And we keep building up this story instead of laying our lives down. When you see something, open up. And don't open up to everybody. That's a whole other conversation. Because some people will mess you up. I'm just being honest. Okay, you got to open up to people who you believe are spiritually mature. And you need to open up to God first. Because some people are, they have other motives. And they will mess you up because of their issues. Hurting people hurt people. And sometimes people will do that. And sometimes it's not even on purpose. It's because they've, been, they've dealt with things over the years and they're just coming at you the way they know how to come at you. They may come at you in anger all the time. But you need to be spiritually aware enough to see that. And honestly, it takes, it takes time. It takes time to develop that. That's why you've got to spend time with God. And as you spend time with God, he develops each one of us and moves us to that place. What are you trying to fill your life with besides God? What brings you fulfillment? Is it fame? Is it your name out front? Is it your stature? Is it your looks? Is it your money? You're like, let me try the money thing, okay? Let me at least try it. Is it your car? Is it power? And we know none of those will bring us fulfillment. And I say we know that. We say it, but some of us, we don't know it. Because some of we want, 
And I see, we see it all the time. You see somebody maybe, I don't know, whatever their, their thing is, that thing is what brings them fulfillment. And if that's the thing that brings you fulfillment, you need to do something to get rid of it so that you can humble yourself and allow God to bring you fulfillment. Because that thing will bring you down. It will bring you down so fast because maybe it's money. You know what? You're sitting on top of the world. You're like, sitting on top of the world. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You got your little red hat. got your nice car outside. But what happens when you lose your job? What just happened? It just went down. Your world just came to a crashing halt. I mean, it's all good when it's going great. It's, all, it's easy to have faith when all your cabinets are full. Right? It's easy to have faith then. But it's not easy to have faith when you just get punched in the face. What do you do when you get punched in the face? You fall back. And you shouldn't even fall back. Your fulfillment should come from God. And if it doesn't come from God, it's coming from the wrong place. That's why you have people that commit suicide all over the place because their, their stature or their fulfillment came from another place. And when that thing didn't work out the way they thought it worked out, then they say, you know what, I'm done with this life. This ain't what I thought it was. I'm checking out. I ain't got time for that. It happens all the time. You hate to see it. I, I don't know if I tell you all this, but it was about three, four years ago. Um, student, still remember his name? Xavier Minifield. He sat right here. I still see his face. But he committed suicide. Not in my classroom, but he committed suicide. And, you know, it does something to you. You know, you see something one day and the guy's gone. You know, that's why I do, I teach math, but guess what? Subliminally, I'm teaching them about God. I'm going X plus 4 minus, follow God, follow God. Because I know that when people connect with God, they're going to have complete fulfillment. I know that. So my mission in life is to tell people about him. However I can do that. If it's coming here at congregation, walking all, go, if I took a walk out here, I smile at somebody, maybe they see me, they say, you know what, this guy, is, what's wrong with him? You know, maybe that's going to connect them. You just never know it's going to connect somebody to him. But that's the whole point. So my, my whole point, when I say, can we find the real you? The real you is looking for the one who's going to follow God. That's it. And really give yourself totally to him. Period. All right. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Matthew 6, 24. And this is a great place to stop. Next week, when you, we come in, we're going to talk about is something. There's a psychologist. I listen. I read a lot of psychologists. I just love it. And his name is Eric Erickson, and he he um, divides up our life into eight major stages. And in these stages, you can see where maybe we're missing it. And if we can pinpoint those places where we're missing it, we can lay it before God and ask him to help us. It's our spiritual spa. You know, you're going to come with him and he's going to change our life. Because that's the only way we're going to get better is to allow him to change our lives. Amen? I think it's 11 o'clock. Time flies. We're having fun. We need like another two hours. I'm just joking. I'm really not. But. Okay, let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And I am grateful that you allowed me to, to speak words to our congregation. 
to just love on your people and allow them to love on me as we learn from you. Lord, I know you are speaking to each person here in their own individual way, Lord. I thank you that each person will have that character to listen to your voice and humble ourselves and do what we need to do to follow you. And as we follow you, we're going to do our due diligence to show others how to follow you. And I give you praise for everything you're going to do in Yeshua's name. Amen.